Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the Giants, who got trounced against the Eagles on Sunday and need to continue to build their team. It's not their time yet. Rutgers basketball has a gut-wrenching loss to Ohio State. New York Rangers are playing a little bit better lately. Um, and the Yankees, well... They're exactly the same as they were last year, which is to say not nearly good enough. Let's go ahead and get started. And I am going to get started with the Giants, who, as expected, lost to the Eagles on Sunday. They were trounced 48-22. to Uh, The Giants are light years away from being a great team still. And of course they are, right, given how Gettleman had gutted this team over the last five years. It's not really a surprise. The Eagles trounced the Giants in every way up and down the field. Um, I don't remember the Eagles punting until about eight minutes left in the game. The Giants' defense was atrocious and just basically could have sat on the sideline and almost played as well as they did on the field. Um, The offense wasn't particularly good either, but the defense was really, really atrocious today. And in thinking about the Giants losing to the Eagles this way, This might sound odd, but sometimes losing a little bit more during a year in certain years is actually better in the long run for a team than winning a little bit more. And I want to talk to you about that because I think it's not a popular view and certainly not a view that any just rabid fan would want to have. They just want to win every game. And of course, you know, everybody wants to win every game. But in the process of rebuilding a team, if you just win enough to get into the playoffs every year or squeak in, take the Yankees, for example, right? The management and often the fans, too, can't really see what improvement is needed, right? Because, hey, you know, we made the playoffs. We must be a good team, right? We we did something well enough to make the playoffs. We won enough games, did enough good things to get into the playoffs. So if you win enough just to get into the playoffs. And again, I'll I'll talk about the Yanks in a minute. Um, Sometimes it's it's a lot harder to see what improvement it is. And the knee-jerk reaction is to just tweak things, right? Uh, The result is often ignoring some bigger necessary fixes and ripping band-aids off in favor of making smaller tweaks. Oh, we're almost there. If we just had this one other thing or, you know, these two other little pieces And sometimes it's harder to step back and see what a team is if they do pretty good and make the playoffs as opposed to not quite as well and don't make the playoffs. And I think it's clearer to those teams what their weakness is, the teams that don't make the playoffs. So sometimes losing a bit more is better in the long run than winning a bit more. Um, It's it's basically uh, the opposite of that because the Yankees never seem to lose a bit more. They always seem to win just enough to get into the playoffs. And it's something the Yankees have been doing since 2017, right? And and when I say that, I mean ignoring bigger necessary fixes and faces of, you know, in favor of smaller tweaks. And they've been doing that since 2017. The, the Yankees are absolutely not one little bit better since 2017 and pretty much demonstrably worse. But I want to get back to the Giants here, right? And, and what happened? For the Giants, no one wants them to lose to the Eagles. Never mind get blown out by the Eagles, the least of all this podcast. I mean, I friggin' hate the Eagles. 
with every fiber of my being. I mean, I hate them more than I hate the Red Sox, which is really saying something. And, and I can't stand losing to any team, never mind the Eagles. So really any kind of win against the Eagles is better than any kind of loss against the Eagles. But this loss, getting blown out like they did, in my mind, is actually better than losing like 28-27 or something to the Eagles. If they were going to lose, this loss might open some eyes to the management, to the fans, about the need to play the long game for the Giants and build this team properly and not sacrifice anything with the rebuilding of this team. Because if you <clears throat> take a look at this game, and then the last five or six games the Giants have played, you know you might have your eyes opened a little more after this game when you see how big the gap is between where the Giants are and what the NFL elite is. The Giants need, just off the top of my head, much better offensive line, right? They have two tackles that look good, and they need two to three more interior alignment, good ones, right? So they're a long way away from having a very good offensive line. <laughs> wide receivers. The Giants need every wide receiver. I mean, Slayton is their best receiver, and he sucked up until this year. So they probably have the absolute worst wide receiving core in the entire NFL. So, yes, they need receivers. The Giants do not do not need to give Saquon Barkley a huge contract. And I've been on record as this, saying that before, he is not worth it. Whether he is healthy, whether he is injured, Saquon Barkley is not worth the money. It was a terrible, awful pick at number two overall in the draft when they drafted him. And it's still an awful burden. And if they continue to throw good money after bad after him, it's not the right way to go. The Giants may need a quarterback. It's still, in, in in my mind, hard to tell about Daniel Jones. After all these years and all these different coaches and all the different players, it's hard to tell because of the other Giants' offensive deficiencies. We just talked about it. They don't really have a great offensive line. They can't run the ball that well. They can't throw the ball that well. They don't really have any wide receivers. So it's not necessarily fair to judge Daniel Jones flat out. But again, when you look at the eye test, you can see some good and you can see some bad. I don't see a you know Super Bowl winning quarterback. Let's put it that way. And, and maybe you know we're never going to have one of those in the near term. But I can tell you this: he doesn't look like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He continues to miss what I consider easy open passes, two to three per game. In this game, it was a joke. I mean, it, he barely didn't have any, any of those easy open passes, but he did have a few, and he missed them. But 90% of the dropbacks, he was flustered and rushed and pressured from every angle. Um, the Eagles' defensive line is about 900 times better than the Giants' you know, defensive line, who you know we drafted Thibodeau. You know? uh, what happened to him this year? Well, he gets overpraised in every single game. Right. So maybe we need a quarterback. We need a lot on defense. Right. Our secondary looks terrible. Oh, my God, does the giant secondary look God awful. Right. If you watch this game, you saw receivers open by five yards. You saw Moreau just get burned play after play, take penalty after penalty. Moreau looks terrible. I know we have some injuries in the secondary, but there's absolutely no depth. Um Thibodeau cannot get a sack if his life depended on it. You know, he's overpraised now week after week. And it's just, it's, it's hard 
to not think we missed on the number five overall pick in Thibodeau. We'll see. People keep saying he's great. I keep watching him and seeing him suck every week. So I, I don't know what everybody's seeing that I'm not. Maybe, maybe we'll see something new next week. I don't know. Um, continuing, and maybe this will be the last one I'll talk about. Who is the Giants' best linebacker? Uh, raise your hand and tell me if you can name. Okay, do it this way. Can you name two Giants linebackers? Give me the names, right? No? You know why? Because the Giants linebackers aren't any good. So much so that you can't even name their friggin' names. They're not any good. They got rid of Martinez in the offseason. I can't understand why they would possibly do that. But they did. In any case, I just named a litany of things that the Giants needed. And the bottom line is the Giants have been exposed recently. And that it's not necessarily a bad thing in the long run, right? It sucks to lose. But it does highlight what we need. And it does drive management to make necessary changes often, right? You know, there's there's, there's no way that management can't see what, what is lacking now, right? I, I think there's been a little, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors early in the season because, you know, we've had great coaching and, and really played above our heads. But maybe that's what smoke and mirrors is, right? Taking a, a deficient team and making them look better um, because I like Dayball in general. Um, I'm, I'm liking him less recently. There's a few things I, I would want to pick apart, but not in this game. I mean, this game, it wouldn't have mattered what we did. You know, if we had best coach in the, in the history of, uh, NFL, we would not have, uh, won this game. The, the point is that bad losses like this sometimes can help management make the right long-term decisions and see what the team really needs. And let's face it with, you know, Teams don't generally go from being a dumpster fire like the Giants were to a playoff elite in like one year. So it was silly to, for anyone to expect that. But the early success for the Giants in this 2022 season gave fans a lot of hope, right? Which is great. And I love having hope. But it was so fun to look forward to Sundays again. But this recent nosedive shouldn't deter Giant fans, right? You should keep your heads up, right? We have the right GM in place. We have the right coach. Now we just need to take our time, right? make more of the correct moves and get more of the right players on the team. And it takes time, right? And now what we need is visible for anyone to see. So hopefully it gets done. And that's all I have to say about the Giants for this week. I'm going to move on and talk about Rutgers basketball brief. Rutgers basketball is playing well this year, but they lost a just a crushing, crushing game to Ohio State on the road last Thursday night with a three-point bomb at the buzzer. That just was a crushing gut punch of a loss, losing by one to Ohio State. It turned out later that upon replay, the guy that ended up making the game-winning shot was out of bounds and then came back in and caught the ball and made the shot, and that's not allowed, but the refs didn't call it. The Big Ten has apologized and said it was wrong, and Rutgers you know, should have gotten the ball there, and that would have been there because there would have been one second left, so <clears throat> it would have been over. But in any case, um, Rutgers played a very, very, very strong road game. We still never won in Ohio State. We could have won that game. We should have won that game, but we haven't. Uh, we did beat up Indiana at home the game before, and we have a big game against Seton Hall uh, Sunday. And so it actually it's going to happen a couple hours from now from when I'm recording this podcast. So hopefully Rutgers does well at home against Seton, takes out some of that frustration of that gut-wrenching loss on Seton Hall, which would be nice to see. Rutgers basketball can be proud. It seems like they're able to play with any team so far. 
There is not a single game this year where I thought, oh, man, there's no chance we shouldn't have won that game. We could have won every single game this year that we lost. So it's not like we're out of any game. You know, Ohio State is a ranked team on the road that we probably should have won the game on. So we can hold our heads high, and we have to win, hopefully, this big Seton Hall game on, on Sunday and just keep the momentum going forward. So Rutgers basketball, again, is, is, is on the trajectory up. You know, and little Geo, you know, Simpson had continued to excel. Spencer had a good game against Ohio State. And Marie had a tough first half, but a really good second half. And we played good, strong defense. Um, there was a couple late decisions I questioned, like like why in the world Mulcahy did not inbound the ball to Spencer, who's shooting 95% free throws for us. Instead, he inbounded it to McConnell, who missed one of his two free throws and set up the loss for us. But again, uh, not to nitpick, we lost it. We're playing well, and we have to beat Seton on Sunday, and we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the New York Rangers brief. So the Rangers have actually been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, they're getting some wins on, on a West Coast trip. They most recently beat the Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche, on the road the other night in a shootout um, in a really exciting, good game. It was only a 2-1 game, but it was... Very exciting. Igor made 41 or 42 saves. He's starting to look like his old self again. Um, you know, he's obviously, you know, the Vezina Trophy winning best goalie in the league last year. He hasn't looked like that for some of this year, but he's starting to, you know, get better and better and better. And now, obviously, if you look at the stats, he's got good stats. His win-loss is really good. He's 13-4 and for is you know you look at his goals against and the save percentage they're fine they're they're not elite like last year but they're very good they're above average in every category but you know it's funny how above average goaltending for the Rangers is just something we are not used to between you know way back to Van Beesbrook and then Richter and then Henrik Lundqvist and now Shesterkin we have had elite goaltending for almost as long as I can remember and when we just have okay or good goaltending you know, it seems like you have bad goaltending. And that's kind of what it seemed like to us. Even though Shesterkin wasn't bad, he certainly has not been elite yet. But these last three or four games, he's looking more and more like his old self. The Rangers have been playing better in other areas as well. Um, I, I think before these last couple of games, Gallant was really in trouble getting fired. He's really on his last leg there. And, and he might still be at this point. We'll see how they do. Rangers have a big game against the Devils on Monday night. And if the Devils blow the Rangers out again like they did last time, there might be some fallout. Um, we'll have to see. The, some of these recent wins have certainly quelled the storm for Gallant. And we'll have to see if the Rangers can keep it up as they go forward. But uh, good to see the ship being uh, turned a little bit better toward uh, improvement over the last week or two for the Rangers. Lastly, I'm going to talk very briefly about the Yankees here, guys. So for the New York Yankees, they re-signed Aaron Judge with a gigantic, massive, massive nine-year deal, $340 million, was it? And it's just insane. I can't believe they gave him that long of a, of a deal, but I guess they had to. They couldn't lose face and lose him to another team, I suppose, but the thing I will have to say is that they are the same team now. And they're the same team because they re-signed Aaron Judge. I'm certainly not advocating that they should not have re-signed Aaron Judge. But I will tell you this. Had they not re-signed Aaron Judge, they would have gone out and got player after player after other player to try to quell the fans' anger, which would have certainly resulted if they, <laughs> the judge somehow went to another team. And that's for sure. 
But no matter what, Judge is happy and the Yanks are happy for the moment. And I think I said three, four, I think it's $360 million over nine years. In any case, five or six years from now, we're not going to be happy we did this. Right now, the fans and everyone is happy. It's not that I'm unhappy. I love Judge. But obviously, this was his best year. We're never going to see another year like this again. And he's 31. He'll be 32 next year. And then we have eight more years after that. So he's going to be 40 when he ends, right? 39, 40 years old. Um, The Yankees have exactly the same team now so far. Less a few good people as we had last year. We still don't have Benintendi re-signed. We lost Tyone to another team. He was a pretty good damn pitcher. But we have the same team. We haven't filled any holes. We still have Torres with absolutely no position to play on defense. We still have IKF as our starting shortstop. And there was a ton of good ones the last two years on the market. Are we going to finally try to play Volpe in the majors at some point in his career? Is he ever going to get up and and actually play? Um, We still have Donaldson at third base. We still have Hicks on the fucking team. How the fuck do we have Aaron Hicks on this goddamn team still? Seriously. Bite the bullet and just release him. Pay him the 70, whatever the hell it is. He is just, he's taken up a roster spot, and you've got to be kidding me. This team is not good enough to win. We have the same lousy general manager, and this all starts with Hal, right, in the offseason. And I knew it the second, the second he didn't get rid of, of, of Cashman, that this team was doomed for 2023. And I said it before, and I know everyone listening is going to hate this. They're doomed. The Yankees are not going anywhere in 2023. They have Cashman back who does not know the modern game. You have an awful, lousy, terrible manager in Aaron Boone who only gives a shit about his, you know, players' feelings and not, you know, making being their buddies and not making anyone look bad and giving re- Ridiculous post-game press conferences about, you know, how someone looked a little bit off if they're giving like up seven runs in two innings or or making three errors. So, you know, it's got to be slightly better. This kind of horse shit, dipshit discussion and his management style, I am so done with. I'm so fucking done with Aaron Boone. I'm so over Cashman at this point. Hal brought them back. Cashman and Boone are back. And right there, I don't even have to talk anymore. And I'm telling you, we're not doing anything in 2023. But now, in addition to that, we haven't done anything with any of the free agents in the offseason. They all went everywhere else. We didn't get any shortstops. We didn't get a new third baseman instead of Donaldson. We haven't been able to move Hicks or Donaldson off the team. We haven't been able to move Torres, who doesn't have a fucking position to play on the infield. It's the same team. It's the same nine players that will be in the starting lineup this year. right? And now that you have Bader out there playing center, depending on if they actually get Benintendi back or not, you don't even have a position for Stan to play. He was better when he played the outfield. So now he's taken up that fucking DH spot at $30 million a year, getting older and older and lousier and lousier every year. You know what Stan's going to be, right? He's going to have those six to eight weeks where he's the best player in the world. And he's going to have the other three or four months of the season where he just sucks balls and, and he, he comes. He can't come within eight inches of the ball when he swings. And that's what we've gotten with him every goddamn year for the last five years. And it's going to happen again. And it's the same thing with every fucking player on this team. I like that they got Rizzo back, right? But we didn't improve the team by getting him back. We just kept it the same. You know, we have, you know, Judge back. That's 
great. He's a fantastic player, right? We still have Hicks. We still have Donaldson. We still have Torres. We still have IKF playing shortstop, right? We don't have enough speed and athleticism on this team, right? It has to improve. It has to improve. I mentioned before when I was talking earlier in the podcast about the Giants and sort of a controversial statement I made that sometimes it's better to lose a little more than to win a little more. Now, if the Yankees had lost a little more the last season or two and didn't make the playoffs, there would have been enough pressure on Hal and Cashman to change things to frig up. Maybe Hal fires Cashman. Maybe Cashman goes and, you know, bites the bullet and pulls the, 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 you know, the plug and makes a big, big, you know, free agent signing or some kind of big trade where Torres is gone or something, right? Something would have changed. But the result of the Yankees being good but not great is what we're seeing. The same shit with little changes year after year after year after year after year, right? We got Tommy Canely back. There, there's a change to the team. He's what it was he five or six years now after we had him last time. I'm sure it's going to be great, right? We, we just, this team is the same as it was last year, except everybody is a year older. And if you're telling me that's a better team, I'm telling you it's not. And I'm not even going to have to talk about individual players because it's the same lousy GM and the same lousy manager. And I know where this leads us. I've seen it. I've seen it. And it sucks. And I'm pissed off because the Yankees have to have the best team in the last 10 years that hasn't won a championship probably in any sport. They've been consistently good to very good for 10, 11, 12 years in a row now. And they have not sniffed a World Series. And it just sucks. It sucks. They are demonstrably worse than Houston. Like the Giants are demonstrably worse than the Eagles. It is a thing, right? Now, the Giants, I have faith, will make changes in this offseason, especially given this loss and what I expect to be more losses with this tough schedule as, as the season ends, right? I, I think there'll be pressure, and then they will do the right thing because I, I have confidence in, you know, in, in the management team of the Giants. I do not have confidence in the Yankees brass and what it would take for the Yankees to make real changes is like a losing season. And nobody wants that. Right. But it doesn't seem like anyone can step up, have the balls, rip off the bandaid and, and upend this fucking team. And that's what the Yankees need to have. And I'm telling you right now, Great. We got Aaron Judge back. We got the same fucking team and they're going to suck again. And I'm sorry. I don't want to see another 92, 95 win team that loses in the division series again. I don't want to see it. Or, or, you know, God help us, the ALCS four games straight to the Astros. Yay. We beat a terrible Guardians team this year. Whatever it was, it's not enough. It's not enough. Hal, I know you're not listening. Cashman, you suck. Boone, I've seen enough. Enough. Change this goddamn team up, and it's a depressing thing. Sometimes losing a little more is better than winning a little more, and that's a controversial theme of today's podcast, but I'm sticking with it. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. So I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports, and please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, and have a good day.